Alright, what is going on guys? We are back! Took the week off. Been a little bit busy. I apologize, was not able to get an episode out last week, but we got a lot of stuff going on. A lot of irons in the fire, but I do not want you guys to feel like you are ignored. But I do have some stuff to share. So, how's everybody been? It's been a pretty good, uh, productive week, I hope, for everybody, or productive two weeks for everybody. Uh, we just cleared one year, officially, on the Chasing Waypoints podcast. 40 episodes deep. I was kind of shooting for 52, but man, uh, it gets a little tough. Keeping up every week, trying to make sure we got content for you guys. But, we got a lot of stuff going on, actually. Uh, today was the last day of the Geico Adventure Rally here in San Diego, up in the area of Julian and thereabouts. I saw some posts of uh, some of the riders out over near the Iron Door out in uh, Ocotillo and uh, Superstition, that area. So I've got a couple people that I know that participated in it, and I definitely want to get them on the show. Uh, talk a little bit about how that goes down because I know it's kind of like a team event and I know there's a point system to it so there's more to it so yeah we're gonna do that uh, let's see what else we got ah yes what we have been prepping for that's right ladies and gentlemen we are going live well I don't know about live but coming up this week because it is Sunday and we all set our clocks back, and it is pitch black outside, and it's barely 6 o'clock. But this Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it is the Mason Klein fundraiser out in Las Vegas, hosted by Happy Dave. So we are going to be making our way out to that event Friday afternoon. I'm going to try and get out of work a little early and haul ass up to Vegas packing everything today and get everything ready and, and making a list so don't forget anything and, and do all that. Let's turn this party down a little bit. So I'm kind of excited. I mean, it doesn't, uh, you, you start to think, right? If you guys, if you guys went back uh, a few episodes ago, more than a few episodes ago, well, let's, let, let, let's just get rid of this party. We're going to do this real slow, dramatic fade. Off into the distance, you see it. You can see the song disappearing now, and it's gone. Okay, anyway, so this week we're going to be doing uh, something a little bit different, and it's interesting. So as I was kind of getting to it, um, I had made, a, or there is a podcast episode um, back, uh, let's see, I got the list right here. Uh, but it's basically what we're talking about is just packing for adventure, right, and getting uh, getting everything that you need to get uh, how how you compartmentalize everything and make sure that you got everything that you're going to need uh, for the rally or, or for a, a trip, right? And I'm very minimalistic as it goes. Like, I don't like to take things like everything that goes in the car has to serve a purpose. Uh, this was the same when I was at, at, at Baja Rally. You know, the first year it was like, all this stuff got thrown into the truck and, and you know, you, you get to the end of the week and you're looking at stuff and you're going, I don't remember ever pulling that out of the truck. So, well, I don't know. I mean, in, in some, somebody, somebody can help me with the math, I'm sure. Uh, weight and, and gas mileage and whatnot, if you really want to get that uh, molecular with it. But more than anything, it's just you're carrying stuff around um, that can either break or, or, or gets in the way and that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm, I'm planning this out, right? going to be the first time headed out uh, to an event, uh, recording episodes there and, and talking with some of the guys. Um, you know, I know Happy Dave's going to be there. Uh, Alex Martin's from uh, Conflict Motorsports is going to be there. Uh, then you've got um, uh, Chris Vestal and uh, from Moto Minded also going to be there, as well as Mason Klein uh, and a couple other guys. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to hanging out. I'm looking forward to getting that bivouac experience going. Uh, so while we said bivouac, let's go ahead and plug that. If you haven't signed up already for the bivouac, uh, head over to the Chasing Waypoints website and uh, get signed up for that. We'll talk more about that later. Anyway, so, you know, I'm looking at this going, okay, well, I need to uh, take this piece of equipment that provides this excellent audio quality and makes my voice sound even deeper. Um, got to have that. Uh, got to take it. 
two microphones, four microphones, two microphones, uh, two wireless microphones, all the cables, everything that it takes to support it. And then not only that, but it's, uh, okay, well, how am I going to get power now? I'm, I'm hoping, I haven't even talked to him about it, but I'm hoping, you know, I can grab an extension cord and, you know, we'll be good. I'll have some power to, to work with stuff on there. But, um, but on the other side of it is, okay, well, you know, I need to be prepared to be self-sufficient. And, and with that, uh, I was, I've been looking at solar panels, right. And, and trying to do this because in California, we will soon not be able to use gas powered generators. So trying to get ahead of the curve. Um, and so I picked one up on Amazon. I was really surprised. 60 watt foldable solar panel. Um, it's the size of, if you guys have ever seen those slime, uh, car kits that has the little compressor and it has a bottle of slime and then the little toolkit and stuff. It's about the same size as that. So I'm going to go with about a, uh, let's go with a 11 by 10 by, I don't know, maybe like four inches tall. It's just really neat thing. And it just kind of folds up onto itself. And one half of it is the panel that unfolds and it's got a control panel on the back of it uh, where you can plug stuff in and I'll, I'll put, I'm going to do a write up on it for the chasing waypoints website. So it'll be a blog post. Um, but anyway, so you can plug all the cords and stuff into that. Um, and then I've got a little power bank. I made sure I had the adapter so that I could use the power bank to power this thing that I'm talking on uh, that can power the microphone. And, you know, it's really interesting. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, uh, 40 episodes ago, <laughs> I had no idea, you know, that I'd be doing this. And it's and I'm stoked to see how it's grown and, and, and where it's headed. But um, so, yeah. So anyway, so it's crazy how much like once you get into it and you start packing, you start preparing and you start doing all of this stuff. Um, it, it, it just, the amount of equipment grows and the stuff that you need to take grows. And, um, but I'm kind of enjoying it because, you know, I'm like, all right, everything has to have a purpose. And if it serves more than one purpose, even better. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that's, that's the, the main happening for this coming week. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Uh, won't be riding this time around. Uh, I do have a bike coming. My parents are on their way back from Washington. They have collected the Husky 501. Uh, special thanks to Donnie for, for housing it for a little bit for me. Uh, being patient while I arranged for it to get picked up. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. So we got that going. I got a, uh, I got a picture from Chris already at Moto Minded of my tower being built, which is completely awesome. Hey, I love Legos, but you know, <laughs> Uh, unfortunately I don't have as much time to play with Legos as I used to when I was a kid. Um, so Chris is, uh, they actually have a service where they'll, they'll put the tower together. So if you're not, you know, too mechanically, uh, inclined or just short on time or that kind of stuff, uh, you can buy that, uh, version three rally tower from him. Um, and they have an option there where you can actually put it, uh, put it together. So, or they'll put it together for you. So. Um, I'm stoked to see it. I got my, uh, Baja designs lights up there, uh, with the yellow lenses and, uh, it's looking pretty schnazzy. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited. I mean, I'm going to have now we'll finally have the skinny bike, uh, that I've been waiting for. And so, uh, talking, um, you know, how, how to set it up and, you know, bring it in, do the basics, right. Compression check, leak down, that kind of stuff. Uh, make sure the motor's nice and healthy. Um, and then from there, you know, just clean everything up, uh, freshen up the plastics, uh, make it look presentable and, uh, ta-da, you know, already got my stuff from, uh, Matthew Glade from, uh, Rally Motor Shop. So I am excited about that. Um, but yeah, so that's coming. Uh, that bike is coming. And then, uh, let's see, what else have we got? I know that everybody's out racing, uh, Let's see the thousand dunes or mil dunas or something like that. They're they're doing a rally. You know, you would think a rally podcast. I should know every single rally that's out there, but sorry guys, I'm trying to catch up. Uh, but it's interesting to see how many events are actually out there and doing. But that that's pretty much uh, what we've got going on. Um, so that that brings uh, brings everybody up to date. So the real episode. What are we talking about today? So uh, today, man. I'm going to start a counter for every time I say so. Let's see. It'll be like the, uh, what do they call those? The the toasters or the um, the roasters or what are they? Damn it. I can't remember. It's basically, it's like a speech society kind of thing. And it's like, uh, 
they you can get up and you present they'll pick a topic you got to present and they basically ding you for every time you say um so and you know like you know th- those words that make you sound less intelligent uh when you're talking but you know whatever uh, this is this is not meant to be uh super formal i guess but uh but we'll see where it goes but okay uh without further ado this week's subject and what we are talking about drum roll please um, and actually this came, uh, by the way, I'm, if you guys are hearing the click and I'm navigating to it, uh, let's see here. Um, this actually came from, uh, every once in a while I pop in, uh, and check out the podcast streams in different platforms, Spotify, um, Apple podcasts and that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you guys noticed and maybe didn't freak out, I did change the artwork for the podcast. So that's, that's done. Um, but um, I, I also, uh, do my due diligence and I check out the, um, the feedback and, and what I'm getting and, and you know, what, what people are saying. And so, uh, let me see here. Why is this not letting me navigate to it? So I was trying to figure this out, um, Let's see. Open iTunes is probably going to try and start playing when I turn the computer down. There we go. All right. Perfect. Here we go. Finally. Just took a little bit. So uh, back uh, last month, almost exactly a month ago, um, I did get some feedback on uh, on the podcast in uh, Apple iTunes. And when I saw this, I going, yes, that is going to be a topic. Uh, so not, not to call you out. I love getting that feedback on there. And Hey, if you guys got show ideas, I read that stuff. So, uh, get on in there. Ooh, look, I'm branded with a parental advisory sticker. Awesome. Anyway, um, I've got, uh, got some feedback. I'll let you guys find it if you guys want to, uh, to see it. Uh, but I really appreciate the kind words, you know, the, the quality being good and that sitting in the garage feeling that is exactly what we're after. Um, and, uh, one of the things that that was brought is, uh, and I'll read this verbatim, is uh, I've listened to, to most of the episodes, uh, but still find myself confused on exactly how Rally Raid is different than other forms of time trials racing. I wonder if a getting started episode might help. Say less, my friend. Say less. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's get into this. And, and, and goes on to say, you know, yeah, there's a lot of old, you know, older racers that are out on adventure bikes and that kind of stuff. So. I can't divulge that much uh, information about that, but I am working on something specific, uh, more specific for adventure bikes. Um, so that's coming soon. So let's let, let's put that on the bench. Uh, we will talk about that later. Um, let's talk about getting started and what is the main difference. Okay, so first of all, time, speed, distance rallies, and da 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 da. There's there's games. There's games that you can play, but Let's look at this from the perspective of somebody that was racing Baja, uh, was doing the Best in the Desert series, and great series, great events, a lot of fun. Uh, I did that, but I did it on four wheels, not on uh, not on motorcycles. Hats off to the guys on motorcycles, especially like uh, Ricky Brabeck uh, running uh, running some of the Best in the Desert races uh, on the rally bike, um, and. <laughs> And while you would think that that would be kind of a mission impossible, he's like literally putting it up on the podium and, and getting up there uh, in position. So the guys on the skinny bikes with the fast fairings and da 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 are literally uh, trying trying to compete with a full weight uh, rally bike, which is pretty awesome. Also at the pits, it's pretty awesome to see it. He's got to stop like twice, I think, uh, in the whole event. Uh, and then they show up with three quick fills and they're literally filling up all three um all three at the same time. So it's pretty impressive to see. But anyway, I digress. Okay. So in that form of racing, uh, you are going to uh, prepare a bike. You're going to prepare mentally. You're going to prepare physically for basically an all-out battle. Every time you get on that bike, uh, if it's a 50-mile stint, if it's a 100-mile stint, if it's a Colton Udall 700-mile stint, uh, whatever, it it is full-on You've got arrows, you've got GPS, you've got everything laid out for you. You just need to figure out how fast you can go and get all the virtual checkpoints without hurting yourself. That's pretty much it. And the fastest guy to each point 
and makes the whole loop wins. And, you know, I'm going to throw it out there. I've heard some stuff. I can neither confirm nor deny, but in some cases, decisions are made on whether or not uh, to go pick up a checkpoint if it will save you that much more time than what the penalty actually gives you. Kind of sucks. So, you know, if you're not there and you can't do your homework and you can't do all of that stuff, then, uh, well, um, you know, uh, you're at a disadvantage. And, um, you know, well, everybody's got the same opportunity. No, not really. You know, people have to work and, and that kind of stuff, and they can't afford to be out of there for weeks at a time pre-running and that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, I mean, it is what it is, right? Every forum, there's going to be, there's going to be different stuff, different, different advantages, disadvantages, that kind of thing. So, so we know what sprint racing is basically is, is, you know what, as soon as I get on this thing, I'm going to wring its neck and I'm going to see how long it lasts. So it's either going to be me or the bike. Um, now let's take that to, let's set that aside, right? We know what sprint racing is or we're going to call it sprint racing because that's basically what it is. Even the Baja 1000, you know, six riders all riding 50 mile stints. I mean, that thing is literally going to be pegged the whole time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's basically a really long sprint race. Um, so now let's go back and let's take a look at the rally side of it. So from the beginning, uh, as a rally rider, so first of all, um, you've got to do some training and I've actually got a preview today of a quiz, uh, from Baja rally. Baja rally has been working on and Scotty have been working on, uh, putting together some additional materials and some schooling materials that you can do basically online. And so you're able to learn about the sport, learn how to navigate, learn how to this stuff. Now there is zero and I can attest to this there is zero replacement for book time and actually being behind the handlebars and doing this but the better setup you are makes it a a little less daunting once you get behind the bars so I'll leave it at that Uh, but look for that on the bivouac Um, we're going to be he's going to be posting some stuff actually up there uh, or Mauricio one of the guys but uh, they'll be posting some stuff there and getting uh, uh, getting some information out there on the event okay so the difference, the biggest difference with rally, let, let's go with the first that we were talking about VCPs. The biggest difference with rally is nobody knows the course except the organization. There is no pre-running beforehand. There is no detailed roadmap telling you street names, coordinates, or anything like that. Competitors are going to be handed a, a roadbook, the map, right? Uh, at the same time, that could be the day before uh, in previous events. That's how they were doing it or the day before, or it's going to be the morning of. And like Dakar has been doing it. They're cutting that time less and less and less. Now I think they're down to like 15 minutes before the stage start. So, and then they're going electronic to the point where it's probably just going to be unlocked as they pull up to the starting box. So the, what, what does that, what does that do instantly to the playing field? It levels it. Because nobody knows the course ahead of time that you're competing against. So now it's a matter of, okay, well, we're all on the same, we're all on the same playing field. Now it's going to be up to the rider and the navigation equipment and the bike, right? The bike's got to make the distance. The navigation equipment's got to work. But then the rider has to put that, has to put the navigation equipment to work, has to put the bike to work. And then has to deal with the terrain. So we go back and now it's like, okay, now it's not a see how fast you can. Now it's a survival race because, and I've seen this play out a a few times with my time as a race director down at Baja Rally. I saw it play out a few times. And what ends up happening is, is that you, you can ride fast and you can make up all sorts of time. But if you keep, Missing corners because you're not navigating, uh, navigating the roadbook, following the roadbook correctly, um, and and it's okay to make mistakes, but you know that's it's how big of a mistake, right? It will cost you, and and I saw it, and it was the 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 tortoise and the hare, and I saw the win at Baja Rally, um, I believe it was my last year's race director, literally get decided on the very last waypoint, and and it it it's crazy. 
And that was it. Neck and neck, going back and forth the whole week. And it was the funnest thing ever to see these guys, these two, like literally pull into the finish line or the end of the selected stage or the special stage, the timed portion of it, and and wait for each other and wanting to know what their times were and wanting to know what the penalties were because they were like, they was neck and neck and it was close enough. By the final stage, uh, with some mechanical issues for the one team, um, there was a little bit of a gap. But by missing that last waypoint, that gap disappeared and actually went the other way and gave the win to the other team. So that is the great equalizer. So the biggest difference in rally is that everybody has kind of a level playing field, right? You could have a factory-backed, perfect bike that's built by the factory with one-off parts um, and and all the support and all that stuff. Or you could be on literally a 500EXC that you bought off the showroom floor. Uh, You put a tower on it. You put your navigation equipment. You went to school. And you literally literally have a shot at beating them on a stage, beating a full factory ride on a stage. The difference, because I don't want everybody to go out and buy a 500 EXC and then think they're going to be on it. The difference is, though, is that while you and I are at work, so are they in the desert behind a road book and practicing. And these guys are reading road books constantly and constantly and constantly practicing and constantly practicing. And so it makes it easier for them. It becomes more natural. Um, it, it was the way to kind of describe it is, is that if you're constantly reading road books and, and, and getting that, um, I remember there's a famous engine builder here in San Diego for the uh, Volkswagen engines, Don Hatz. And I remember... We were there talking once, and and he said, you know, we would pre-run sections 15 and 20 times and 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 go again and go again and go again. And then people, you know, the people on the team was like, why are we doing this again? We already know. And he said, you know, his words to them was, you know, when we get here at night, it's going to be foggy. When we get here in the afternoon, the sun's going to be in our eyes. When we get here, when we if we come through here in the morning, whatever it was for that event, right? There was always going to be some kind of weather situation that could be in there. That could be, you know, a thick marine layer and that kind of stuff. No lights and you're there at night. I want you guys to think, when's the last time you thought about the last six blocks getting home? Did you ever, were you afraid of getting lost after living there for a few years? And and the answer is no, because it just happened. It's like the car would like literally let go of the stu- Never mind. Don't let go of the steering wheel. But it's like the car knew where it was going. And and you just don't think about that. And that's why they say that most accidents happen only a few blocks from the house because you're just your brain is you're already home. So the same kind of applies to rally in the respect of road books. The more you practice road books, the more you're behind a road book, the easier it becomes to read them and figure them out and, and you get used to it. Um, I've heard things like people memorizing three notes at a time. They look down, they go bam, 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 and then they know, and then they can follow it. They can follow along. Um, I know that in some stuff, and I've seen a picture of it or two where, uh, like Jimmy Lewis will, will test people that he trains with things like, you know, faulty navigation equipment, put a piece of tape over it. This isn't working today. What are you going to do? You know, and it's, so that is what kind of gives, gives an advantage but the thing is is that well if you get used to you know you get a group and you got some buddies and you're all making basic road books and they don't have to be fancy guys it doesn't have to be like you know a dakar level road book no it's just the idea of constantly reading and navigating and doing that kind of stuff gets you the practice that you need and that's it but as far as the rest of the stuff goes rally is probably one of the most um level playing field racing type events that that's out there now there are some you know like i said like you know practicing and doing that kind of stuff and then then there's also the um you know the 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 calculated you know taking a little bit longer on a stage so you're not the one cleaning or or you're not the one opening the stage or you are there's strategy there is but it's not about who can jump on the bike 
look at 15 to 20 miles of whoops and say, I'm going to be the fastest through here. It's not. So if you're on a bike and and you've done that sprint racing and you're tired of it, and I, and I would get tired of it really quick because you're on edge the whole way. I mean, it's you are literally one rock away from on the ground. And it's not to say that's not the same in rally, but you can afford to slow down a little bit. And you can afford to make a better decision in your navigation and you can do that kind of stuff. And that's 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 the way to do it. Now, um, there's some stuff to learn, you know, if, if you think about it. Yeah. Are there sprint races and rally? Yes. And what will happen is it's very simple is you will go and you have note number 48 and then note number 49 is 12 kilometers. So there's 12 kilometers difference between one note and the other. So now you get up on the pegs and see how fast it'll go. But then the other side of it is now you've got other sections of the road book that are meters apart. You'll have five notes in less than a kilometer in less than a thousand meters. You could have five notes because you're going to navigate through this little town and try and get out, but you got to make sure you get out in the right direction or you're going to hit this section out in the desert and there's like four or five different forks in the road in a real short distance. So now it's all right, time to pay attention, sit down and navigate, you know, don't get up on the pegs and try and blow through it and hope for the best, you know? And so there's, there's, there's strategy to it. So it's not all about just who could go the fastest. So to go back, you know, it's, Rally raid being different from from other forms of time trial racing and that kind of stuff. Well, I'm I'm coming from it from the stuff that I know. Um, I know there's time speed distance rallies and you have to show up at a certain time at a certain place. Uh, if you show up early or if you show up late, there's different penalties. There's there's things like that. You know, I, I I'm not too familiar with the format. I don't want to you know go into that because I don't I don't know the format. But if somebody knows that format and wants to talk about it, let's do it. But for the guys that used to race and used to do that kind of stuff, I think this is the next level of progression. It kind of slows everything down, and it just doesn't make it a full-on pin it, you know, how fast can you go? And then not only that, but generally speaking, the the routes tend to be easier, not as rough, more remote, because you don't normally use, like I know... Um, Baja Rally, they basically, when they're making the, when Scotty's out making the road books, it's like he makes it his life's mission to not use any of the roads that Score uses. Now in Baja, that's going to happen because Score's been around a long time. There are going to be roads that you're going to have to use, but usually they end up being roads that um, the public uses. And they're, they're Camino Vecinales. They're, they're roads where it's, it's a community road, but that's where you see things like speed limits. Um, you see these different things. And so, that's a that's another one too. And only recently did they introduce that in the Baja races where they were doing speed limits. Before it was like you got on the highway and you had this six thousand pound trophy truck sending it sideways going into Valley T on the on the corners just getting off the goat trail. Right? They had to clear entire road sections because this <laughs> is coming in hot. Right. And now they have speed limits and they are able to track and see if they break the speed limits. So that's a good thing, I think, that that is. On the other side of it, in rally, well, speed zones, you could be in the middle of nowhere, you know, and, and a particular rancher said, you know what, guys, I'll let you come through, but how are we going to keep everybody in check? Because I don't want everybody blowing through here and, and hitting one of my cattle. Not a problem. couple exclamation points, some cattle, livestock warnings, and then we're going to make it a speed limit. What do you think? 25 kilometers an hour? 35, 40, 50, 60, what do you want? So then that becomes the game right then and there. So another difference in rally is, yeah, charge the speed zone. You look, you got the road book, you're paying attention to the road book. The road book tells you the next note is, is the speed zone, and it's starting at 18.83 kilometers, and you're at 18. You know that thing is coming. You should know it's coming, and you should be ready for it because what happens is, is you come sliding in hot to that speed zone, and all of a sudden, that first two seconds or three seconds is on the house, but immediately thereafter, it's five, six, seven minutes worth of penalties because you blew right through it or came in way too hot and it took you a minute to rope it in. 
So then there becomes there becomes a di- another difference, another challenge. And that could be anywhere on the course, right? It's not it's not restricted to just the the speed zones on the highways uh, or or very populated traveled roads. So it could be in the middle of nowhere on somebody's property and that they just said no. So that introduces another part of the game. So there's there's some rules. But then from there, what else? Are we, okay, what are the other differences? Well, for instance, in the mornings, uh, you usually will have a liaison in the morning and one in the afternoon. So what is that? So the liaison is still considered part of the rally, part of the event. You still have to complete those miles. Same rules, powered by the bike, yada, yada, yada. Some are supported, some are unsupported. Supported means if you need to, you can pull over, get assistance from your crew, Usually there's a time limit when you leave from the bivouac to the start line. You've got one hour to get there. It usually doesn't leave you a lot of time to dilly dally and and make some time or, you know, screw around. But you could literally not even have taken a green flag and be accumulating penalties. So that puts another challenge into it. You know, that's like literally in a Baja race is like staying in a hotel outside of town and then driving to the start line and then getting a ticket by the local PD on the way to the start line. So if, if that kind of, you know, makes sense, except the difference is, is that, you know, well, we won't even go there. Um, you know, it's going to make a reference to 20 bucks, but, um, so yeah. So from there you think, okay, well now you've got a liaison, you've got your selective stage or special stage, which is the timed portion. And then you have another liaison, usually back to the bivouac or something like that. Now, Traffic laws, the timing, all of that stuff still applies. And then they will have, in some cases, they will have navigation points that you need. You need to pick up those navigation points. Generally, they're they're more to like help you get back to the bivouac than everything else. So that's another big part, you know, of 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 rally. So you've got liaisons and you've got special stages or selective stages. The special stage, the selective stage is your timed portion. That's the one where the clock starts on the green when you leave and then it ends at the at the uh, finish line or the uh, what is it? It's your DSS depart special stage and then your ASS, which is arrive special stage. So between those two markers on the roadbook, everything is on the clock and that goes to your main time. What's before and what's after that doesn't count towards your main time, but you can be penalized for doing you know, doing dumb things, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. So that is another portion of, of why rally is different. You have more to it. You have more rules. And for some, it's like, I don't know, man, more rules and all that stuff. Well, you know, yes and no, because if you really think about it, I just, I just gave an example that, you know, yeah, this is something that could happen on the, on the way to staging at one of the Baja events coming in hot around a corner and there's PD standing there and waiting for you, you know, or, or, you know, you're getting a little hot in the morning, you know, hot driver, cold car, and you decide to send it into a corner and show off for the crowd. And, uh, on the other side of that, there's PD there waiting for you wave at you and uh, pull you over and not the courtesy wave like, Hey, what's up? No, it's the Benaki. So it, you know, relatable, but do I feel in the end and, and recapping this, do I feel that rally raid and incorporating that uh, into what we're doing now in motorsports and all that stuff? Yes. I think it will slow the speeds down. It makes it more, uh, obtainable for more people. Just the fact that nobody knows where they're going until we'll just say 15 minutes before the stage goes. And even then all you're looking at is a roll of 150 notes. You, and you have no idea, you know, what, where those hundred, how those 150 notes line up. And, and it's a, an interesting concept. And you think about that, that, okay, well, wait, so, well, he doesn't know. Well, he doesn't know. So now what? Well, yeah, now everybody's on the same playing field and now it's it's time, you know, to to put together your your ray, your your event, your your ride. And it's okay, you take your time, you navigate, you do the pieces, you put everything together, you put that puzzle and you've got a solid day's stage. And then you're going to go do that 
two, three, four, five, six more times, six stages, or you're going to do that 12 times at, or 15 times in Dakar. And then at the end, when the dust settles, that's going to be your overall time. After all the penalties, after all of the, the special, uh, special stage times are put together, all of that. So I think that it's very, uh, it's very simple, but on the surface, it looks very complicated. And especially if you look at a road book, if you look at a road book that's been designed by the majority of, of these, of the guys that do road books professionally, if you look at the wrong note, it will instantly turn you off. There's so much information that they can put into these boxes and, and if you're not used to reading it and you don't know what you're looking at, it's going to be a huge turnoff. But I'm telling you that with practice, you start learning that and you start realizing, you know, there's only a handful of symbols that they use. There's only a handful of uh, of uh, abbreviations that they use. And now they're in English. They used to be French. So it's actually... Not that bad. And the more information, if you look at a note and it looks super complicated, you should be thinking good because that note has, has a lot of information for me that should be easier to navigate than the one that has an arrow pointed to the left, has a cap heading over here. And then it tells you the distance should be fairly easy. But if they forgot to leave out, like they could have put, Oh, if you stay straight, there's a house at the end of this block or there's a tree on the right hand side or there, they could have put more detail in there, but they didn't. It's a fork in the road. You're going to make a left according to the arrow and then that's it. And so there's so much more detail that could have been put in there, but it wasn't. And so now you're going to start guessing like, damn, OK, is this it? This has got to be it. You know, you're looking at your navigation and you're looking at everything and everything's lining up. And next thing you go is you go. And. As being a rookie in roadbooks, right? I don't want anybody to think that I'm like ridden thousands of miles in roadbooks. No, I have only one or two roadbooks under my belt. The feeling you get when you line up a roadbook and you hit a note and you just show up to it and you go, okay, I got this. And then the moment you, that's, that's a win. You feel inside, you're like, damn, yes, got it. Perfect. And it's that reassurance. You're going in the right direction. Then the next one is, is that when you, the next big moment happens when you look down, you look really quick, you check your note, you boom, you look back up, line it up. And without hesitating, you make your decision. And that is another feeling of like, okay, we're, we're getting into a groove here. We're, we're making this happen. And then the next note you nail it and you're like, oh, perfect. That was the right decision. Okay. And so you just keep going. So now mind you, that feeling right there, that right there is what. The Ricky Brabex, the Skyler House, the Mason Kleins, the the Andrew Shorts, the all of these guys hit the mic. All of these guys that I talk with my hands, so you guys can't see it until I start doing the the, the video podcast. But anyway, um, that's what those guys can do. They can literally make a whole road book feel that way, like they just made the decision every single time correctly, or for the most part correctly, because there's always going to be that one note in that one road book. That's one thing that Sky always said is there's always that one note in every road book that's a little bit dicey. And if you guys are listening and you're saying, well, you know, I want to start making some road books. Awesome. And they're actually fairly easy to make. They're a little time consuming, but they can be a lot of fun. But you will know what I mean. There's going to be that one note that everybody's like, dude, why, why are you back here? Or why did you pop out on the road there? This note tells you to go that way. Well, yeah, but, you know, if you look at it this way, and so that's always going to be there. But it definitely makes it a lot of fun uh, in in creating them and then following them and then getting to the end and actually ending up where you wanted to be or where where it actually ends, you know. And honestly, you know, we've, we've talked about it before, and... If, for those that are, you know, listening and, and and to address this this question, right, is, you know, if you were, if back, you know, back in the day it was awesome, right? You'd go racing and it was game face from green flag to checkered flag and, you know, you're in there and everybody's in the heat of competition and, you know, it's this whole thing. You know, that that that's great. But, you know, there's guys now and they go to these events and, yes, it's a race. They're racing their buddies and you'll see them. 
they're all pitting together and it's a group of six or seven of them and they're all riding and you know one day you know they'll they'll put together their times and they'll you know rock paper scissors on who gets to open the the waypoint and and get guided uh to it and who's going to take that penalty and then who gets the next one and all that stuff so they work together as a team and then that's a lot of fun and then you see what your where your times line up and that's the thing you could be middle of the pack and next thing you know you're top three and or you could start at the back and the back has got the biggest advantage because the back has tracks to follow so then there's that then you're just like okay well i'm just gonna follow everybody's track i'm not even gonna bother navigating the stage well it's all fun and games until you hit a y that's both sides are super like tracked and 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 dug in and burned in so there's a lot of there's there there's things to it just like any other kind of racing right you 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 zip tie your spokes for certain reasons. You do this kind of uh, regimen for food and water leading up to the events. You do this thing. A lot of the stuff kind of crosses over, and there's a lot of stuff that are that's very similar. But the main part of it is is that the the playing field is leveled out because nobody knows where they're going. That I think is the biggest thing, and so that's that's what I look forward to. And and like I say, you know, there's. I, I'm, I'm working on something. It's it, it is very time consuming to to sit down and and once you start, once you go down a rabbit hole of looking at what goes into these events, um, there is a lot of considerations. There's a lot of things that you got to look at uh, because you want to be prepared. And as as somebody that's trying to organize something, you want to be prepared. Um, and then on the other side of it is is that you also want to be prepared, but you want to make it so that it is uh, a good experience for everybody. And that that doesn't get done overnight. So uh, with that, you know, it's it's definitely a hats off to all the organizi- organizers uh, of the rally events uh, that that we go to. You know, you got Darren and his crew uh, with the Sonora Rally, Scotty Mauricio and their crew with the Baja Rally, and and all the other events that you see. You know, it, it does not. It, it's not easy. You know, you've had Dan Bartolucci just did the SoCal uh, Roadbook Rally. Uh, you've got uh, Dave Martin, um, Happy Dave coming up with his uh, with his event this coming weekend. You know, it, it takes some work to get these events going and get these things going. So uh, my hat's off to them. Uh, but uh, to answer, put that final like, all right, in a quick, uh, let's see. Oh, man, we're almost to 45 minutes. All right. In the last few minutes, let's go ahead and give a quick recap. That was my best sports talk radio voice. Uh, okay, so rally raid. What do you? What is that event? Okay, so let's go to a sprint race. Sprint race. All right, we're gonna build a bike. Gonna take six wheels. I'm gonna take sixteen crew members. Uh, I'm gonna have to get uh, hotels for those guys. Scatter them across the upper northern part of Baja uh, to make sure I've got pits and coverage every seventy-five to hundred miles. We're gonna call Baja pits. Baja pits is gonna be there every fifty miles for us. We're gonna gas at this one, this one, and this one. Uh, we'll get tires here. You get on here, that's your section. You get on there, that's your section. And I get on here because that's my section again and I want to finish. And hope for the best. Uh, make sure the motor's fresh because you're going to be pinned the whole time. Um, so that, okay, that's my 38-second review of a of a sprint race. All right, now let's do that for a rally raid. Same thing. All right, so we're going to go to a rally raid. I'm going to get two people to go with me. They're going to be the ones working on the bike and helping take care of me. Uh, we are going to travel from bivouac to bivouac, or if it's a single bivouac event, we'll travel to one stop and stay there. Next, what we're going to do is we're going to get our bike, build it up, put the navigation tower on it. We're going to take a few sets of wheels. Uh, I just got to make sure I got the biggest gas tank on it because there is certain gas stops that are allowed, and that's it. Uh, then from there, I'm going to go practice and do some roadbook uh, navigation, that kind of thing. So now... We're going to go back. We're going to go back around and we start the event. We're going to navigate in the morning from the first one. We're going to do a quick, uh, let's say it's a prologue event. We'll go do a prologue, which is basically qualifying. Going to run out. Everybody kind of gets settled in all that stuff. The next day starting order is determined. The prologue does not count towards the the time of the the total time of the event. Got our starting order. Next day, we're going to leave um, liaison in the morning. Careful not to speed. Careful not to break any rules. Make sure I show up on time. De- 
part special stage. Go rally, navigate, no time penalties, that kind of thing. You know, looking for a clean, clean uh, special. Arrive special stage. So you're done with the timing part. Then you're going to hop back on the road, the whatever. You're going to do a liaison back to the bivouac. Same rules apply. Watch your speeds. Make sure you hit all the points. Uh, don't be an idiot. And you arrive at the bivouac. At the bivouac, you've got your crew waiting for you. They spent the whole day by the pool wondering how you were doing. Um, you know, whatever, choice beverage, food, whatever. Uh, you show up. They're there ready for you. Help start taking the bike apart. You get freshened up. You're off to the driver's meeting. You get a massage, whatever it is you're not. You get the rules. Organization points uh, posts the times for the day. That's it. Rinse and repeat. So it's a much more relaxed event. And then comes the bench racing in the between that. And then there's the dinner and the food is already provided in there. You know, usually the the events provide the food uh, as part of the bivouac. And your crew members, you that's why you pay like a bivouac pass for your crew members. So just in that, now you've cut 16 people down to two people or three people or, you know, whatever. So now the logistics is a lot easier, a lot less to plan, a lot less to do. And then you go in and you say, all right, well, I'm going to, you know, we're going to pick this event and we're going to pick this event. These are going to be our two events. I mean, right now we have two events. We have the Sonora Rally and we have the Baja Rally. Those are the two events in North America uh, that we do. And there's also the Sandblast Rally and there's a couple others that go through. But for the most part, those are the ones that we got going on. So logistically, it's easier. Because you're coming to a place, you're going to one bivouac, everything is kind of centralized for you. You don't have to scatter people across the peninsula uh, or across the open desert uh, and hope that they make it there on time. And then driving to beat you to the next place or having to play leapfrog or hotels and all that stuff's you know, much easier planned. Uh, the bike and the fuel and all of that stuff is is set up in a similar fashion, but you just know that you need a bigger gas tank. Uh, you're going to need some navigation equipment. And that's pretty much it. So going back and looking at this and going back years ago, if I was a more avid motorcycle rider, dirt bike, that kind of thing, skinny bike, that this would be, I would be racing already. Um, but then again, also, I did really enjoy my time with the organization uh, and playing that role. And I like that role. So um, that to me was also a lot of fun. So I enjoy being in the bivouac and all this stuff, but it really is a different form of racing. It is much more tame in that sense. There's not as much chaos. There's not as much moving parts as compared to some of the events and races that you go to that are sprint races. Uh, if it's a local desert dash, you know, you're going to go do five laps on this 25 mile circuit. Okay, well, that's that maybe a little bit closer, but you're still on kill mode the whole way. Their arrows are there. It's it's who can go the fastest. You know, like look at a bomb start on some of these things. I it's beyond me how they can do that kind of stuff. You know, um, but they do it, and they got used to it. It's the same thing with rally. So take a couple tries and get used to it. But I hope, I hope I that answers the question on the difference between uh, a rally raid and other forms of uh, time trial racing. I hope that that sheds a little bit of light on it. There is actually some stuff that we've already done, and this was with the help of Matthew over at Rally Moto Shop. Uh, he is in the bivouac, uh, both as a episode. If you go back and look that up with uh, Matthew Glade from Rally Moto Shop, that episode. Uh, we also have a blog article on the uh, Chasing Waypoints website that's starting from zero, talking about getting into roadbook navigation and, and getting into these events. Uh, there's a read there with some information that Matthew helped uh, helped us out with. Um, so that that is definitely a resource. Um, and then from there, there's there's schools. Sonora Rally does their school. Baja Rally does their school. Uh, there's other schools. You know, I know that Rally Pan Am uh, with uh, Scott Bright and Alex Martins, they do a school as well. Uh, there there's there's more, you know. And more importantly, even even other even events like um, and I, I can't believe I even forgot to mention this one. Uh, but even like Kota Rally, the Kota Rally just, you know, went off for the first time and and with great success. And this is like literally like the first legitly full permitted rally event in the United States that I know of. 
All right. I don't want somebody coming out of the woodwork going, you know, so it's to me, it it's, it's epic because the sport is growing and, and let's talk about it. You know, if, if there's questions and how to get into this, the rally community is amazing. Everybody works together. And, and if you haven't been to a bivouac, you know, talk to the organizations, call, uh, call and, and, and try and get in contact with Sonora rally, try and get in contact, uh, with Baja rally and, and find out, Hey, you know what? I, I just want to go hang out for a couple of days, you know, buy a bivouac pass, drive down to the event, check it out and see what it's about and talk to the racers and see how that is. And, and you'll notice that it's a very different vibe than when you go to some of these other sprint races. So, uh, with that being said, I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, I will see you guys over in the bivouac. Uh, that is the forum that is on the chasing waypoints website. I promise we were going to talk a little bit about it. Uh, so, uh, navigate over to that, ask your questions and all that stuff. I've put up some of the subjects on some of the subjects are for the different events that are already here in the States. Uh, so, I think that that is definitely worth a shot uh, to to jump on in there, get signed up, ask your questions. We're just getting started. Uh, no pressure, no feel. Everybody, everybody's there to help everybody out. Uh, that's what we're watching out for. So, uh, if you haven't already, get on over there. Uh, if you spot any links there, do not worry; they are affiliate links. Uh, in other words, uh, by clicking on that link and spending money with that company. They will graciously uh, send me a commission. You do not pay any more uh, for that product. Uh, it's just simply them saying thank you for sending more away to me. And that's it. So that was my disclaimer. I actually have to, if you haven't seen it, look up the Fire Festival and find out about the, why I have to disclose that kind of stuff. Pretty crazy. So anyway. Uh, I hope everybody has a great week. You're going to hear from me soon. Uh, probably going to have a few episodes up next week as we head over to the Mason Klein fundraiser in Las Vegas, hosted by Happy Dave. Uh, so I am looking forward to that. We are almost set and ready. Camping gear is ready. I've got chairs coming, got all this stuff. So I am absolutely stoked and looking forward to it. I hope everybody has a good week, and we're going to see you next week, or we'll be talking next week from Las Vegas. All right, that is a wrap for the Chasing Waypoints podcast this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you like what you heard. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and a bunch of others. Also, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook under Chasing Waypoints, Instagram, Chasing Waypoints underscore official, and, of course, the YouTube under Chasing Waypoints. Hope everybody has a good week. We will see you guys for the next episode. Remember, shiny side up. And don't forget to tag us. We want to see where you guys are riding and what you guys are up to. Have a great week. Bye.